Hey everybody, this is Ali Amagasu, welcoming you to the latest episode of Cloud Unfiltered. Pete Johnson is still in New York. Thank you for joining us again today, Pete. How are you doing? Hey, Ali. I'm doing all right. I, I managed somehow to catch a cold in the hottest week in the summer of this New York City, but I'll, I'll soldier on as long as you don't mind the like deeper baritone in my voice today. <laughs> well, that's very brave of you. Thank you for... Uh, for hanging out and joining us. Um, if you pass out during the show, we're just gonna pretend that nothing happened, kind of like the last show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, we have a terrific guest today. Um, he is. His name is Sriram Subramanian, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Buddy, Founder and yeah. principal of Cloud Dawn. Welcome, Sriram. Thank you, Ali. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon. Uh, thank you for having <laughs> me here. <laughs> hey, Pete, good to see you again since the um, Cloud beers at reInvent. At reInvent, yes. Reram and I, going back like three or four jobs ago, you know, if if you're fortunate enough to sort of get into this set with some really smart analysts and hang out with them, hang out with them at bars, at uh, at cloud conferences. Reram is among these guys that really knows what he's talking about in this space. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, so Pete. That's a nice way of summarizing it. If for those who are wondering, what is Cloud Don and what is the principle of Cloud Don? He's a really smart analyst. <laughs> Thank that's you. why we it. want his opinions uh that's why we want to hear what he thinks about what's going on you know in in the world of cloud right now and um before we get into that however i'd love to hear how you got into technology in the first place well getting into technology you're asking an Indi indian guy and an immigrant <laughs> <laughs> like most of us uh you know i did my um computer undergrad in computer science back in india i did my master's uh, in C university of cincinnati got into Intel and Microsoft, the standard route. But somewhere along my journey uh, at Microsoft, I got to play with the virtualization technologies. And um, that got me started. That's kind of what I say is my first stepping stone towards into the cloud world. Um, all along though, I was fortunate enough to work in either smaller groups, groups or really like uh, really early stages or early phases of a particular group or a particular uh, technology. With Intel, it was a group that was starting afresh from in Bangalore. With Microsoft, it was uh, with a, a, a early on project on compilers and then very early V1 of Hyper-V. So, you know, that's kind of what I um, liked. Like being there, bringing an ambiguity, uh, clearing up the uh, ambiguity, bringing in clarity in the situations, and working on a very early stages of a product or a project. And uh, literally, I was waiting to get my green card one. I wanted to venture out of Microsoft and uh, played with some startups and stuff. And so I got here, got meaning to starting something our own cloud space, something on my own, was joining as a lead developer on a cloud-based uh, cloud startup. We were building marketplaces for cloud services. This was like circa 2011, 2012. And uh, right now we are we are talking more about multi-cloud. We're talking about choices and you know for players. But we were, we were early on. We were kind of developing cloud brokerage, but we called it more of an Expedia for cloud. And being as a lead developer there, I had an opportunity to play with multiple cloud platforms, both public and private, and I really got into the OpenStack space. That's kind of what I started everything. And and, and then I ventured out of the startup to, to start a company on my own, which, which focused on delivering private cloud solutions, primarily on OpenStack. That was the genesis of Cloud Dawn. We started as a consulting company, not as an analyst firm, but that gave me a lot of hands-on expertise, experience around uh, what 
how the technology works, what's what's a techno what's cool with the technology, but more importantly, what customers want, what customers see, and what they need, and that gave me into a space where like talking and writing about cloud technologies, and that kind of pushed me into this uh, what do you call as an analyst role. I personally believe that there is no space or there is less space for someone very theoretical. We need to back up. If I say something, I need I better have something to back it up, and I leverage my engineering background or my expertise, uh, either playing hands-on with cloud platforms or developing some sample apps or whatnot to make an opinion about about what I say or what I think or what how I see something, and I kind of. Uh, Validate or validate that validate that with my, my interactions with customers. So you can kind of call it between pure technologies to pure theory, somewhere in between. That's that's what I am at. at, at that's the way that I'm seeing myself as. So does that answer your question? Yeah, good answer. I'm learning that I just need to stop asking Indian people how they got into tech. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I think it's so I, funny. The last the last guest uh, said the, it, basically the same thing as far as this is just what we do. <laughs> this is no, no, it's fine. I actually, I, I may request you, like, please do keep that question because um, it's better to get, it's, it's better to hear the answer from that person that, you know, it's, it's a stereotype, it's a common path that we all took. There could be exceptions. You never know, right? I mean, there are, there are maybe less, but there are, there are immigrants or Indian immigrants who are not into programming. So I don't want to, I don't want to continue with that uh, uh, assumption <laughs> that oh everybody is a programmer, right? It's 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 okay to make it's okay. I make the joke about right. myself rather than but not for me to, to not ask. I should yes, not make that right. assumption. So please please keep that question uh, as long as you are okay with that that joke coming from the guest. Uh, so it, it does. I had no idea how deeply ingrained a thing it was. Um, so don't change you, the question to where did you get your masters? <laughs> <laughs> but you did bring up a very interesting. Um, you made a very interesting comment during that introduction. You talked about how uh, the reason you started the consultancy was to help companies implementing uh, OpenStack-based private clouds. Yep. I used to work for MetaCloud, and that's what we did. Um, so that's that's obviously we're out of that business now. Um, so what that made me wonder is who's doing that in the OpenStack world right now? Like kind of who's winning that um, game? Who's Who's doing interesting things with private cloud? Or has it... Have companies mostly moved to doing it DIY? So uh, you know, again, there is no like hard one one answer solution to this one. But if you look at broadly, the the movement, or at least the way that I see that is, the the focus on private cloud is largely done in the in, in the North America region. But if you look outside the North America region, if you look at EMEA, if you look at Middle East, if you look Asia and, and to an extent Australasia. There is still there is a need there is a niche for private cloud, and when it comes to private cloud, still the choice is OpenStack. Probably you know there's a lot of push around Kubernetes. There's definitely there's a lot of push on Kubernetes, but the underlying infrastructure, the underlying control plane for cloud management is still largely OpenStack. Uh, definitely, you see very less OpenStack only uh, deployments where whoever is using OpenStack is either uh, either you know, focusing more on putting a Kubernetes on top of it to, to run more of um, um, containerized workloads, or there is a push around OpenStack plus Kubernetes like for, for different kind of workloads. Very rarely you see like only only OpenStack deployments, but uh, you know it is it is uh, still it is still uh, true to say that there's a lots of niche market around globally for for private cloud private cloud based on OpenStack. And when it comes to this. 
you know, it, it, it depends on, again, uh, the, the statement is true not only for OpenStack. The statement is true even for Kubernetes-based or even cloud-based larger deployments, right? The expertise required for running at scale, whether it is a large-scale private cloud deployment, large-scale thousands of, uh, you know, um, multi-node clusters with thousands of with hundreds of applications running on thousands of containers or uh, lots of applications running on public cloud the expertise needed that is not trivial we can get started with public cloud we can get started with with a poc with with all of these things from ourselves but when you're talking about enterprises uh, i am seeing a larger trend in leveraging managed cloud managed service providers helping them uh, and this this trend is particularly true around outside the US. Uh, I've seen a lot of uptake outside the US. Um, my statement or the way I'm seeing that is like large migrations to cloud will happen through the managed cloud service providers rather than do it yourself or, um, or you know, our service providers. That is the reason why Amazon has the managed cloud service business started two reinvents ago. That is the reason why Azure, Microsoft is partnering with actions of the world. There's a reason why Google Cloud has identified that and establishing partnerships, right? So that's the way I'm seeing the cloud adoption will happen. And that is not only true for cloud, it's also true for private clouds and, and you know, Kubernetes cloud, Kubernetes uh, infrastructure as well. So when you said in the beginning of your statement, you said private cloud is done in North America. Do you mean that folks don't need on-site in, in data center clouds, that it should just all be public or, Am I in, or is that was that specific to OpenStack? No. Uh, what I'm what I was trying to say is that that the mind share around private cloud has moved on. People are more receptive. Uh, let's let's walk back and see, like you know, uh, why people needed private cloud, right? So uh, five three years ago, for when you were doing Meta Cloud, you must have heard about it. Like we need we need the control, we need the compliance. We are we are scared, we are worried, right? There's a lot of a lot of discussions were around. Uh, what private client can provide me, like rather than does my workload need a private cloud, right? The questions were not from I have this workload, what is the best place for that, right? Rather than I need this, I need my control, I need my complaints, I can't trust a third party. Those are the reasons we are we are seeing less of it. People we have a better understanding of what is the right place for the right workload and and the technical reasons or the the real reasons that matter that's that subset is, is very low and particularly in the us it's much you know there is large trust larger trust on public cloud providers um, the trust factor is low in regions like for APAC or MENA, but this trust factor is uh, uh, um, high in north america region on the public cloud service providers and number two is also um, if you if you tear down that um, uh, the the security part of it. If you focus only on there are there are certain companies definitely still needing um, private clouds, but they are focusing more from I have this workload, I cannot move the data out. You know what is the what's the best for me? Maybe I can put an uh, abstraction layer, an API layer on top of that. I can run the compute closer to that. So those are the reasons that we are seeing rather than. I, I can't trust that there is no FUD, there's less FUD there in the North America region. That's what I'm seeing at, right? Um, also, you know, uh, the other thing, another uh, other reason why I can, you can call it more of a customer maturity. Uh, you can still see the maturity in terms of adoption is higher here rather than other regions, which is natural. Um, if you see the customer adoption, like we are focusing more on, I need to be as close to making money out of my application 
I want to get down everything that is not going to help me make money, right? My application is what I want to focus on. And I don't care about the infrastructure. So there's a tons of players that are in that area, whether it's you know, retailers, retails or not, or whatnot, large companies, whatnot. And they don't have to spend time or energy on, on running a private cloud infrastructure. And when people come to that maturity level, then th there is lesser need for a private cloud, right? Not from a very high level statement, I need one, that's my exp empire, rather than saying I need a subset, a subset of my application really need to be local. And for that, I need that. So it's it's the, the, the intent is different. The way that you, we see is different. And right now I'm seeing that customers here in the US are seeing it in that way, you know? Um, that makes sense. One of you, if you disagree, yeah. or if you have a counterpoint, well, I'm, I'm, I, I, I notice, let, let me throw like a, a macro level contradiction at you then, okay? Sure. So, so there have been six AWS reInvents, and, and I've been to five of them. I suspect that you've been to all six because I see you there every year. <laughs> a um, few of them. I missed first two, yeah. yeah. So you, you might remember in years one through, I'm going to say four, Werner Vogels would never say the phrase private cloud. Right. He would he wouldn't he wouldn't acknowledge that that was the thing at mm -hmm. all. Right. Mm -hmm. But the last two years, he's talked about hybrid cloud and multi cloud. And, and I want to ask you about the nuance between those two definitions here in a minute. But so so as like you could argue, the most influential person in cloud has started to talk about the need for private cloud data centers. It sounds like you're saying your assertion has been as he's been talking about it more, the actual need for it has decreased. So how do you reconcile those two things? It doesn't mean that they can't both go on at the same time, and it doesn't mean that he, he says things that he maybe doesn't necessarily believe, but, but those two things seem to be in conflict with me, and I wonder how you might reconcile that. Sure. Uh, I, I don't see it as somewhat of a contradiction. I see that particularly uh, Amazon recognizing private cloud you can call it more like coming out of age, or if you can call it more like being enterprise friendly, right? Yeah. Uh, so the fact is, enterprises have they they are not they are, they still have running things on data centers, right? Or local data centers, right? Sure. The recognition is that that statement or that viewpoint is a recognition of the fact that enterprises are still having their stuff on enter, uh, on 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 private on data on data centers or private private data centers. Now. Amazon needs to move them, or at least if you want to, if you if you want to be successful, you need to find a better path to move move those workloads or any new workloads they're going to build into the cloud. So that that is the reason why. Okay, we realize that now, and we are there to help. So one of the things that we could do, we can send you a track to move the data out. Right. That's kind of the point. That's that's the way I see that. The, the statement about private cloud is done. Like, think about new investments. Are they going to do that? Are they going to uh, spend more energy on building new private cloud clusters? That is, that's, that's how you see that. They're not going to shut down. They haven't shut down. I'm not just to be clearing on that one. They still have things running on what they are, what they have. But you're the talking about new investments. Yes, new investments, or even like you know, trying to have a phased approach where they can phase it out rather than continuing to run that. Right. That is that is what I'm I'm saying. Where the where enterprises here here are at, they had a strong reason. They had a strong need, or at least like you know, they felt that they had a strong need to continue going that or keep building on that one. 
that need is more technical right though rather than rather than sentimental or you know or scare or what not okay. that, that's that's what i see that thank you for asking this question it gave me a chance to explain uh, myself clearly but um, if it is still you know it's a contradiction you know we can we can we can go a layer deeper yeah well let me so let me ask you this as long as we're kind of in this private cloud area what do you make of AWS's recent announcement that you can now run EC2 on Snowball Edge devices. And do you think, like I do, that that will be among the major announcements in December that you will be able to run EC2 on snowmobiles? So, um, I mean, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I'm not very good at, uh, you know, predictions, but uh, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But I, I'm, I won't be surprised if that is the case. In fact, when Snowball was, like, I was looking at it about a year ago, it felt like a very good, really mini cloud, right? Um, but I would think with more, less of a private cloud, more of an edge cloud rather yeah. than. It's, uh, it's about the yeah. size of a roller suit. Right, right. right. You, I think you could literally put one in an overhead bin on an airplane. Sure, or you can check, carry on, right? But but let's be, let's, let's again, go down to, you know, the reasons or intent behind it, right? There are gonna be workloads. I'm hearing echo here, one of you, sorry. Yeah, there, there are going to be, as I said, there are certain workloads that need to be local, that need to be run local, whatnot, right? And uh, they're not going to go away. Do you need a thousand node cluster for that? Do you need a huge private cloud for that? Th that's a difference, right? And, uh, you know, uh, this is not new. Like Microsoft came up with Azure Stack, for example, right? And then we have Google Cloud announcing it, your uh, GKE private. But those things are, again, I think if I understand correctly, they are more like suction into the public cloud. They they want something in your home or in your in your site where we can suck the workload eventually to the public cloud. That's why I see those three announcements. Apart from recognizing the need for certain workloads at a very small scale to be run at the uh, run at the edge, right? Right. Interesting. Yeah. So that you think they're creating a path to make make it easier to move things to the public cloud? Eventually, yes, yes. Azure Stack. That's the way I see Azure Stack as right. Because let's 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 take back and see. You know, um, at least the last time I looked at Azure Stack, it is not going to be. It is not meant to run hundreds of nodes or hundreds of whatnot, right? Enterprises are not going to have a data center with just ten nodes, twelve node cluster. It's a starting point. But look at the Azure Stack experience. I can write an application. I can write an application on Azure Stack, and I don't have to do any code changes. I can take that change my configuration file and run it on any of my Azure public cloud regions, right? That's a perfect, that's a perfect, uh, you know, a recipe for a hybrid cloud. I don't have to play, I don't have to change my code at all. It's just the same code and I'm happy if I need a scale, I can move it out completely just by changing the endpoints. And that's a great hybrid cloud experience that that Azure, Azure want to enable. But if you look at it, if I'm an enterprise, if I'm a financial company, if I'm a city bank, whatnot, is my are my application run uh, application needs um, going to be? I mean, is my need going to be like just just ten cluster, ten node cluster, fifteen node cluster? No, it's not going to be. Right. But I can get started with it. I can keep things that really need to be local here, and if I need to move, I can move, or I can have my 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 bigger portfolio, larger portfolio. It's going to be same same code base, same whatnot configuration base, or however I can use the same um, build build pipeline. And things that need to stay local can be stay local. Things need to go to go public cloud will go to public cloud. All within same repository, same environment, whatnot, right? 
that, that, that that's that's probably the I, I see is the best hybrid cloud experience that a pro, private a public a service provider could provide. Well, let me let me double click on on some terms and definitions. Like I, I warned you, I would a minute ago, right? So, oftentimes we use the words multi the phrases multi cloud and hybrid cloud interchangeably. But do, sure. do you see that as the technologies are advancing, there's a difference between the two, or what? What's your definition of those two terms? Right. Um, you know, I agree with that. There's been confusion everywhere, and I'm sure I'm not sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be able to clarify to everybody, right? But the way that I see that is. Multi-cloud is not hybrid cloud. Let me let me step back and say why. Multi-cloud is generally like where you have multiple environments or you leverage multiple environments, whether private cloud or public cloud, whether multiple regions or multiple cloud service providers. That's just basically saying that some of my workloads need to run local. They'll be running on my OpenStack cloud. Some of my workloads are containerized or they'll be running on my Kubernetes cluster. And some of them might might need to move to, you know, um, Amazon, uh, my, my GKE or my Kubernetes clusters on Amazon or whatnot. And some of them are just VM based and they're going to run on Amazon cloud, for example, AWS, for example, right? It's a hodgepodge of multiple clouds, but they're all independent entities. We are not talking about shifting them, moving them. We are not talking about one affecting, one can coexist, one might like call the APS, for example, or whatnot, but they're all pretty much isolated. Okay. Right. That's, that's why I see multi-cloud. It's like it's like saying I use Office for my productivity application, but I, I have my Apple I have my iPod, for example, to listen to music or things like that, right? Whatever fits for my needs, I'm using it. But they both are not dependent. They might work together, but they are not uh, dependent on each other. They're not going to mess with each other. Or there is very very less interaction in the runtime between them. That's the way I see my multi-cloud. Hybrid cloud is very less use cases. Hybrid cloud is where like folks like Zynga attempted, right? I have something running in one environment, but when 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 needed, I should be able to move it to a different environment. Uh, it's possible it could run on two different environments or more than one environment simultaneously. Uh, the reason why I'm not very um, you know very optimistic about that is like we still have latency issues. We still have you know um, getting 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 something run on one environment is still an issue, right? No matter who it is, no matter what the platform is, at a large scale getting things run working seamlessly is, is a hard task and if i have everything if i have everything running on aws um, why or how easy is it for me to replicate that or move it to uh, GC, gc gce right let's not even think about multiple design patterns let's just talk about vm to vm for example or container to container for example right mm. it is still hard it's not impossible but it's still hard and customers are not there yet. The expertise level, the understanding is not there yet. But, but if you ask me for definition, that's the way I see that. Uh, do, okay. Will I use it? Will I recommend that? Very less, very, very, very specifically, I might. But overall, I would rather uh, advise around multi-cloud under the same thing, best place for best place for best workload or right right tool for the right job kind of um, paradigm, rather than. Uh, you know, um, I'm just I, I'm just trying to have it as more of a DR or a, or a safety net or lock-in, right. not for those so, reasons. So you don't want to insist on that that kind of dream everybody talks about, where you're able to kind of write once, deploy anywhere, um, and move things seamlessly back and forth between different clouds. You're just saying each one meets different needs. Correct. I'm being more realistic and pragmatic here, and that's where that's where I see that. 
if you need it definitely right again if there is a need for that i haven't seen a big set of that needs there's a very small set in general if you're trying to give a very high level uh, suggestion i would just go with like you know what is choose based on what is the right thing right that's that's what i would say um, that makes sense that makes sense um do you feel like there's uh, a lot of prob do you feel like it's a problem that needs to be solved so right now you're saying it, it's very difficult it's difficult to, to move, move workloads and and do these different things is it a problem that needs to be solved do we need to have a more seamless kind of hybrid hybrid cloud experience across all these or well um you know whether whether we need it or not someone is going to do that as, as as people have been doing it right um, again when when cloud is like a decades old but we still have having we are seeing we are having we are talking about the same thing how do i move to cloud what do i need to migrate to cloud can you help me i don't have expertise right while that is happening in one end look at how fast that we have evolved uh, we kind of reinvented i mean uh, containers were around for some time but docker came along and changed everything then while docker is being what containers have been like containers and kubernetes has been like you know uh, revolution uh, making creating revolutions like serverless came along and you know things like that keep happening and there will always be like like a catch up game played between uh, uh, majority of customers like always innovators or early adopters will, will sail through but vast majority where there is money and where there is there is a um, lot of lot of things need to be done they're going to play catch up but to your question um, if i if if I'm a startup advisor, if I'm advising someone, you should do that, or are you going to do that, or should I do that? I would ask them, like, don't do that right now, because you know I don't see a real need for that, or uh, or what we have, what we have, uh, what needs to be solved is much more rather than uh, you know a cool idea that I, I would like to work on. But there will be a there will be a time that we will need it. Uh, by the time someone would have already worked on it, maybe. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. All right, Pete. I'm sorry I interrupted your your line of questioning. No, it's I okay. just was wondering. Well, I I love the I I love that answer, and I think if, if there was such a thing as a cloud unfiltered podcast drinking game, it would be whenever someone uses the term serverless. <laughs> it would. Since you just use the term serverless, <laughs> ask you a question about that. So, serverless conf took took place recently and I think this latest edition in San Francisco was notable by the fact that it was the first time the cube covered it uh-huh and it was also the first time you know our cloud beers compatriot Adrian Cocroft spoke at it yep um one of the things that came that always comes out of that you know they, they run that about six months serverless comp and you see this on Twitter all the time is like this microservices versus serverless kind of banter that goes on. And, and I was wondering what your opinion of that is like, because I, I think of that, I don't think it's an either or, but I think in many cases it's an and. and. I was wondering if you agree with that or if you really think it's a it's a us versus them mentality the way that some people play it and, out. And to add to that, like, you know, should I do, should do we need containers for that? Do I used to use, do, do we need to have containers to do serverless? Like those, those are also always happening, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In very rarely, very rarely, in, you know, not for this one. It's, it's, it's never like either or, or right? Uh, yeah. it's very rarely it's uh, in, in this or that, right? Mostly we are, we are like, and we will use this and that and right. Um, 
there is no matter what the community is what the project is there is always going to be as versus them i have seen that in the in at least like two or three different communities now and uh, we tend to follow same patterns we tend to follow we tend to make same mistakes by by we by we i mean like you no know, communities uh, certain extent communities are you know becoming eco chambers and um, uh, kind of you know it's it's not built here all these things happen and this will keep happen we will will keep happening um same thing is going to happen with serverless right like you know container folks are very um, ups- upset they are like why you know what is serverless there's always going to be server state that's all you know, it's just a different different paradigm right we need to i i i would put customers first again and then i'll go back to the what is the real need right and um, to answer your question specifically i see serverless more as like event driven uh, and uh, microservices more of a uh, more of a design architecture and uh, a design paradigm where you, but may or may not be server, may or may not be even driven in terms of microservices but often times anything right. that you write and even even base code that you write in the serverless environment it it is it will be a small service it will be a microservice right often times in in you know in reality otherwise it's not going to be very effective but i want to instead of focusing on the, on the this or that as versus them or what not I, i would like to use this opportunity to talk about what i see as a challenges with serverless right yes it's it's a design paradigm you know if you look at a differential steps right the way that i see that we started with you know vms and then we talked about uh, you know vm management layer then you come came come as a cloud management layer if you want to call that private or public cloud then came along containers now it's we are at serverless right and we each of them had their own hype cycles i expect the serverless to to reach the hype cycle around 2020 2020 2021 2022 but the common pattern around these things is like people need help how we are making how we are making this adoption successful what are the tools needed what is the ecosystem around what are the service providers around you know ultimately even develop as a developer if i need to write some code what is the ide for me what is the workflow for me those things need to be taken out, taken care of right we have seen that 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 support ecosystem is solid for cloud cloud platforms cloud service providers that support system is relatively strong for kubernetes and containers but that support ecosystem is in early stages for serverless right whether whether you're talking about debugging tools or talking about ides you know there are there i'm not saying it's not there but it takes it will take few years to get to a stage where as a developer i have everything for me so that i can just focus on my application write it deploy it manage it what not with ateez so that will determine the success for serverless uh, ecosystem and we are not there yet the uh, if you look at all the um, you know huge proponents they all talk about how easy it is to get started i don't disagree with that i i did a very cool app you know it was very easy for me to get started lambda will be even easier but i got i i started with azure functions and you know it was pretty straightforward for me i didn't have to do anything i got i got i got that uh, it's a very simple app but it was it was pretty straightforward but you know how how am i going to run a really complicated application right uh, and not to forget that all these computer science graduates or all those programmers have been trained with like you know different kind of mindset right i i've been like more of a um, you know um, whether it's object oriented programming for example or I, i'm trained in that one i need to think differently i need to think about yeah. event driven programming do we have enough uh, training for that that is going to be another challenge right uh, you know those are the things will determine the success for serverless ecosystem it will happen 
it and again it will never it's never going to be this or that it will be and in a realistic uh, deployment will have all these things at, at various proportions um that's why i see that that's uh, interesting yeah. you brought up that bit about the developers um, <coughs> because uh, we had robert starmer on last week mm -hmm. um from cumulus technologies and yeah. he said something similar that you know Serverless is great, but some developers don't think that way. Depending on what their code specialty is, they don't think in functions or events, and it's not going to be as natural a move to them. Right. I, I disagree with him on the some part, but the rest of it, yeah. I agree. I think it's more, right? I, I love Most? Robert. You know, uh, we, we do also, like, he's also new entrance to the cloud, those are gang. But I agree with him totally, right? I think um, it's cool. It is going to be the next step, or, you know, two years, three years, five years from now, but it's going to take more effort. You know, there, there are companies, um, IO Pipes is doing great thing. And then yeah, um, I love those I'm, guys. I'm trying to get another name based in Boston. I had, it had a, I, they had a great demo of how to debug. Oh gosh, I'm forgetting their name, um, but it's okay. It'll come to me. Yeah, uh, it's a Boston-based startup on um, uh, how to make debugging easier for serverless or, or microservices. So, you know, those things are happening. We will get there. If I'm a if I'm a, a cloud leader, a uh, leader of an IT organization, listening to this, what problem does serverless solve that isn't being solved right now by containers? Why would I want to point anyone in that direction in my organization? Sure, that's true. That's true. And um, you know, uh, can I ask you back? Like, what are you using containers for? Hmm. Like, you know, if you can answer my, and then you know, the other question is, it is again the. The approach that we most of us tend to take is I have a solution. What is the problem it's going to solve it for me, right? That is not yes. the way I, I would like to see things. Right, you want to hear the I, problem first. Yes, I have a problem. What is the best solution for me, right? And um, you know, some of the problems that, again, um, I need a faster start time. I need to focus on very small. I mean, I, I, I those are very small functions. I, I'm more of event driven. Those are the things that I would start with. And if I have that, I'll go to serverless. The most of the serverless hype is right now around, I don't have to worry about my infrastructure. I don't have to worry about my VM. I don't have to worry about my containers. I just write code. I just write code. Um, that's that's why it started, which is great. You know, we want to get there. You just focus on your code. The the the, the major, um, the the bigger the biggest driver had been like, you know, that is the ask. That is the closest that you can get to just focusing on code, right? Your code, your, your application code, right? Even with containers, you still talk about some of the configurations, some of the you know your orchestrations, all those things. You still got to build a Docker file, right? That right. So, but with with serverless, I just have to do that. But you know, there will be some configuration. It's not going to be completely gone. But you are like probably ninety percent code and ten percent configuration, right? Uh, which is great. But am I there yet? Am I ready for that yet? I think those are the question that I need to answer. So I would ask the executive to think about that. Uh, rather than oh, I have serverless. Like, what else I can do? You know, right? Um, no, that that, and, that absolutely makes sense. Correct. And just just to add on to that one, right? I cannot. You know, if I take a an ERP application and then I'm trying to make it microservices based, that that's going to be a hell. That's going to be. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's worth it, right? Right. I'm not sure if it's worth it. However, I might have I might have some programming needs. The, the thing that we are looking at is like we are becoming as a society we are becoming more of interrupt driven like we we have tons of intra interruptions happening my my sms notifications coming up my tweets is coming up all, like we are becoming more of 
to that that one right so anything that that in that space that can you know grab my attention quickly and then give me something you know we are all used to push notifications so if you're doing something in that or if you have an application in that space then so this would be a good good fit for me good fit for you um i i generally take a very um you know again i i take it from problem first then comes a solution uh, this answer may not be uh, very accurate or very straightforward as you might have expected but you know that's that's the way i see that no, that makes that 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 does answer the question. That that absolutely answers the question. Pete, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I mean we're we're getting close to the end of the time, so so let me let me say I've I've been saving my one semi-controversial question that I might ask you. Ooh, a controversial I, question. I, I expect you to push or deny or just say no, but if if you have been following sort of this cloud beers analyst base for a long time, you you, you probably know that there's there's mystery surrounding the identity of who runs the cloud opinion Twitter handle. Uh -huh. So when I, I I think it's someone at those cloud beers rooms. So as long as I got one of you guys in a recordable medium, uh -huh. I've got to ask you, Sri Ram, are you cloud opinion? I neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I think happens. I think there's like I think in reality it's like four people, and as long as they all deny, right? You no, know, you, you get these, you get these denials, or you get these. Well, I didn't write that tweet, which means okay, it was one of the other four people that wrote that one. Or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to play along. I, I think most of us know who it is, but we just want to. Well, yeah. I think I know who it was. I don't think I know who it is currently. So mm -hmm. it's almost like um. You, you know, it's it's almost like uh, I mean, the best comic book example I can come up with off the top of my head is like Green Lantern isn't a guy; it's a job, right? And that different people keep getting that job of being the Green Lantern. So it's like it's different people keep getting the job of being Cloud Opinion. Either that, or or the person is trying to make us all believe that that is the case. <laughs> okay, now that my brain is about to explode with that. <laughs> Right, the mastermind but, behind yeah. Cloud Beers has been. I'm pretty sure you're the person, right? Now you're making me wish I hadn't asked the question, which <laughs> you think it's you all along. <laughs> you're diabolical. It's, uh, rarely, it's rare that we have a diabolical guest on, so I'm really happy about that. But talking about Cloud Opinion, I know uh, some of the things that you might have noticed, right? Uh, very anti open stack, and then yeah. what used to be more of an Amazon. Uh, now there's a shift towards Google or G GCE or GKE. Um, you know, that's an interesting path. And probably it's, it's in a way, it's like kind of all of us, right? It's reflecting. The, 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 the parody account is really reflecting where the uh, mind shift, mind share is or how they are evolving. I may not agree with some of their strong uh, points against OpenStack, but, you know, overall to an extent, it does, it does not, if you think about it, you would have said the same thing. Right. Just ignoring the political comments or whatnot, some some of the um, trivialized statement, but overall yeah. the sentiment. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna have to go watch Inception to like calm my brain down behind the knot that it's currently in. So thanks for that. <laughs> Very good. So um, awesome. So, Any more? Yeah. Go no, ahead, gentlemen, we're we're running. We're out of time, and oh, um, I hate to wrap it up because I, I have notes on other things I wanted to talk with you about. Sure. Um, we didn't get to cover half of that. Um, but I think we went down some um, interesting paths 
and definitely covered some interesting topics. So I, I thank you for your for your wisdom on those things, Sri Ram. It was it was definitely interesting to hear your point of view. My pleasure. Thank you for having me here. I, I'm so glad. I'm thankful to Gary for uh, referring me here. I'm I'm pumped. Sure, and, uh, and you are absolutely winning the background child's oh, artwork yeah. game. Definitely. Oh, okay, great. By a mile. We haven't we haven't had a guest that's even come close to that quality of artwork or that volume. So the, the multicolored Seattle Seahawks logo over your right shoulder is pretty epic. <laughs> Thank you. It's yeah, all I don't my, have to ask where you live. Yeah. I just went, huh, he's in Seattle. I knew he was on the West Coast, but I see the Seahawks thing in the background there. Yeah. So um, if anybody wants to follow you on Twitter, Shiram, do you have a handle there that they can find you? What is Twitter? I don't know. You don't know? You've never heard of that sort of thing. <laughs> Sriram here. That's Sriram here is my logo, uh, my my handle. Uh, that's that's why I use it for mostly mostly public, mostly work related, but some personal tweet too. So it's Sriram here. Perfect. S R I R A M H E R E. I will include that in any um, promotion we do of this. Um, again, thank you so much for being on. Hopefully, we'll have you on in the future, and we can cover some of the topics we didn't get to cover. Oh, okay. That, that would be lovely. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, Pete. Hopefully see you soon in one of the conferences. I'm going to be at reInvent for sure, but- Yeah, I got my ticket already. I will see you there. See you there. Thank you. Bye, Ali. See you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you all Bye, for guys. listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.